vegan and plant-based business owners and entrepreneurs who are often adapting to a new reality. This new podcast series from Vegan Mainstream is an opportunity to help you when it's time to pivot. These interviews will come from inside and outside of our community, and I hope as your host, Stephanie Redcross West, I can inspire you and give you the tools that you need to move forward. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to our next interview. I'm excited to talk with our guest today because not only are we going to be talking about how Ant Green and really his business has pivoted over the years into really becoming an ethical outlet for animation and creative motion picture designs, but also giving everyone a little bit of insight into Ant's story. Because for many of us as entrepreneurs, we find ourselves at crossroads at times. We find ourselves with either businesses that we love or businesses we're in a little bit of a tug of war with, or we're at a career kind of change or path And we're trying to decide how do we veganize our existing business? Should we start a vegan business? These are all the questions that many of you I know have either going through right now or you've gone through over time. And what I want to do today is pick our guests kind of brain a little bit on how Ant made some of these decisions, how Ant overcame some of these challenges or these crossroads, as well as how Um, He's really developed the business that exists today and how that business serves our communities, how that business helps the movement move forward, and how that business really helps save animals. So with that, I want to just say, Ant, welcome. It's so great to have you here with us today. Thank you very much for having me, Stephanie. I don't know how I'm going to live up to that intro. uh, I've got big, big shoes to fill. Oh, I am sure. I've checked you out. I know you can fill Uh, those shoes for sure. So let's get grounded. Let's get everyone started. Let's talk about, we'll do a a past, I'll do that as my second question. But first question, let's just get everyone grounded on the business. Let's talk about what you offer right now and what you do. Because I think when we all think about our businesses and our brands, and I think about what you do at Motion Manor, just give us an outline of what your average day is. And then we'll do the backstory on how you got to where you are today. Awesome. So I I typically say we're Motion Manor, the ethical animation studio, and we achieve great things with animated video for people that care more about impact than profit. And an average day, I think, at the moment, I wear too many hats. Um, So it's... It can vary quite tremendously. At the moment, we're, we're knee-deep in projects, so there's a lot of um, creative direction taking place. So my, my job is less on the implementation this side as we now have animators and illustrators that help us, and more on the diagnostics, so kind of looking at the brands and the people that we're working with and really diagnosing what is the objective that they're trying to solve. People don't wake up one day and go, I want and or need an animation. They have a problem that needs addressing and then animation is a solution to help them get there. So really figuring out what that issue is. And then from that, I can start to put the puzzle together and figure out what it is that needs to be created to help them get closer to tackling that issue. So there's a lot of thinking and a lot of decision-making in terms of the creative strategy Mm -hmm. before we even get into what are we creating. I love that because I think sometimes people forget that planning stage and the value of really planning and also determining the objective. What do you really want the result to be 
so that we know, you know, what has been created yeah. and what looks beautiful in the end actually gets you where yeah. you want to be. So I'm really, it's really wonderful to to see how much you spend time on that to make sure that, like you said, you're getting that impact. And a lot of times yeah. it starts with strategy. So walk me through why put ethical in the title? Why think of an ethical animation studio? Like just maybe... I didn't want to use a non-vegan word. Um, break that down for us. <laughs> Someone, I can't remember who said this, but it was a great piece of advice years ago when it was when you're trying to come up with an idea for a business or a niche or what it is you're focusing on. Think about what it is that makes you really angry and then solve that. And it, Because if you have these gripes or grievances, it's for a reason and you can normally create something to help address it. And it's I mean, the story of us becoming uh, vegan and I think more ethically minded is a very long journey but in the end when we started setting up motion manor it came from this i'm going to say anger anger that i started having towards some of the uh, the industry unfortunately where you have a lot of greenwashing there's a lot of organizations out there that are saying oh we're really ethically minded and oh we put people first and we do this and you look into it and it's like by ethically minded it means they use maybe LED light bulbs and they work with they like working with clients who are making a positive social impact, but it doesn't mean the organization is actually doing anything themselves. And I just always had this ingrained that like we can do more and you can run it is possible and should be possible to run a successful business that actually builds ethical values into it from the ground up, not only who you work with, but how you generate the work, how you treat your clients, how you treat people, how you communicate, how you just act as a business. Um, that should be a value for everything that you do. So that's really what kind of started that initial journey and kind of saying no one wants to do this, but we're going to prove it can be done. I love that. And I think that's the case is, you know, we watch the movies, we can watch the headlines, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you definitely have a kind of stereotype around what makes a big business work and successful. Yeah. And sometimes those things are not great cultural environments for people to work there. Yeah. They're not healthy environments, even for founders, for owners, and then for clients. Sometimes, you know what I mean? They're like give-take relationships. So being able to kind of build a business that has that ethical umbrella, but also thinks about how to bring those elements into every aspect yeah. of what you're doing, I think is just phenomenal. So, you know, I have to ask the question, how did you get here? Like, what was your journey? Where were you before yeah. you started um, the business, before you shifted the business yeah. towards this ethical vision? You know, what's kind of the backstory? So the interesting thing is, is I think five, six years ago, I probably would have said the words, I'm never working in animation again, and I will never be vegan. Like those are two of the things that I probably would have said five, six years ago. But straight out of, I, I was fortunate enough to graduate from a very prestigious um, course in animation. Mm -hmm. I set up a previous business with friends, a uh, previous studio. Um, and we worked together over the years, but essentially the studio was around for maybe four or five years. I can't recall. But we outgrew the business model in that we were all moving in different directions. I think at the time, I'd experienced a lot of burnout and a lot of fatigue and it just worked myself into the ground again and again and again. I was one of these people where I'd say I work 100 hour weeks, 110 hour weeks, but with a smile on my face, like it was something to be proud of. And it's like, how can I be working that many hours, but still not be growing something? So clearly there was something wrong in the business. Mm -hmm. And I think the turning point, and I say this often is, um, 
my partner and I went to Iceland. It was one of the first uh, holidays I'd had in a while. And we were on top of a waterfall looking out. It was a clear blue sky. and We're looking out at the sea. And there was a double rainbow. It was two rainbows coming out of the waterfall and then back into the waterfall where it was falling. And I remember standing there and going, what am I doing with my life? I'm just working, working, working. I'm working with clients that I maybe don't like the content we're creating. And I just suddenly felt like a lot of the things I was doing was hollow. So Mm -hmm. we separated from that business and ended up closing it down and went in different directions. And then my partner and I went traveling and it was really then that I think our eyes started to open. By this point, I'd already started gradually changing at the time what I considered my diet. So we'd already stopped eating certain meats. And we at this point, we were pescatarian, going vegetarian, and we went traveling. And I think traveling really opened up both of our eyes to not only the state of the world, but also belief systems that are ingrained in different cultures. Because you can go to a country where, to them, it's 45 degrees heat, but it's perfectly acceptable for them to keep puppies in a cage on the streets and sell them. And you you would not have that in the UK. Mm -hmm. And we're all people. And at the end of the day, the only difference is that they were born there and brought up with this is okay. And we were brought up here and our beliefs were this is not okay. And I think we we developed that self-awareness as we went to more and more countries. And I I think it was a slow, for us, it wasn't a one day we were vegan. It was a really, really gradual process. But I think we couldn't, we couldn't not be vegan anymore. It was we got to a point where there was no more excuses. There was no more arguments. So we just kind of took the time to educate ourselves over time. And I think the the turning point for us really at the beginning of that journey was when we realized all our beliefs uh, have nothing to do with what is fact and everything to do with the cultural belief systems of where we were born. And that was it. It wasn't something that I chose to believe. It was just something that I'd been exposed to throughout my entire life. So I assumed it to be true. And I think once we got to a point that we couldn't deny that or argue against it, we just kind of went, we've been so wrong in so many ways, not just in terms of our views on animals, Mm -hmm. but I think just in a lot of things. I mean, culturally, politically, um, I think that was the turning point for us. So we made the decision and went, no, we're going to go vegan. We're going to commit to this and we're going to actually try and make a change. And then, slowly i we started i started to get back into animation at this point i was just freelancing uh, while we were traveling uh, my partner was supporting me at the time in terms of project management and marketing and then we realized after about a year of this it was an animation that i fell out of love with it was i think the fact that i was doing it before it was hollow it was just i was just working for money there was no real value that i could offer beyond the animation skill set but also i was at times working with clients that i wouldn't work with again and then we incorporated we finally settled on a name after thinking about it for what must have been 15 months and we decided to just kind of go all in on that ethical element because we didn't to begin with uh, we, when we first created the brand it was a bit too generic and we realized wait we've done the same mistake that i made years ago we've made a business for everybody rather than a business that is for us and who we want to work with so we took a step back and brought our values to the forefront of the business we defined what are our values 
what does being ethical actually mean to us? That was something that I thought was hugely important because the reason we wanted to say, why are we the ethical animation studio? It's part of our mission. This is we want to be the thought leader globally of when someone says, how do we become a more ethical studio? The answer is, well, how are motion men are doing it? Yeah. Uh, we want to be that role model in innovation in terms of how do we make processes more ethical? How do we make them more transparent? And step one was defining ethical because a lot of people don't. And there are people and organizations out there that go, oh, we're the ethical this or oh, we're ethical in this way. And it's like, well, people interpret it differently. Yes. And people were asking me, well, what does that mean? So we went, we're going to make it transparent. And then we have a, I think it's just a document that you can download from our website, which goes through mission, our beliefs, our values, what that means. And we're going to expand on this probably annually in terms of our long-term goals and what are we doing, our process, what accreditations are we pursuing, why, and actually making that a staple of who we are and what we do. And eventually it'll be a lovely interactive page on the website, but at the moment it's just a downloadable PDF. Um, that's until we a get great that start, you know, because a lot yeah. of places do not disclose or define what they mean by yeah. some terms, and it really can help you know, potential customers, it can help, you know, people who want to help, you know, you grow or support you understand how their vision aligns with yours. So I think it's a great move. And I think I'm, at least I'm hoping people who are listening to today's session or watching as a replay or listening to it on the podcast, they're getting ideas around the idea that it's important to define your business, define who you yeah. are, what makes you different, and what some of these terms mean when we say things like ethical, yeah. we say things like compassion. You know, we yeah. really have to define them because for our business and brands, they don't always mean the same thing. Now, did you find yeah. it a very difficult process? I know for a lot of people, when they try to go through that process, there's the challenge of what the business is and yeah. who they are. Because sometimes as individuals, we may not be you know, we may not be as cut and dry. It may not be as black and white yeah. when we think of our personal lives versus what the business and brand would be, as well as, you know, sometimes when you're defining these terms, like you said, it's so easy to say, well, I want to, I want to love everyone. I want to hug everyone. I want everyone to be happy yeah. with what I've written down. So I don't want anyone to feel excluded. Yeah. So therefore you just keep putting in more and more and more in the definition. Did you have that problem or did you really because you have, you know, yeah. been through this process before, have a certain level of clarity that, you know, made this much easier for you this time around. I think, I think it did. When we went back through the brand, we really went back to basics and we went, what is the vision? And I always use the analogy that like, the vision is the compass. Because if you have a vision locked down in terms of an overall being for your organization or for yourself, when you get to those impasses and decisions, all you need to do is look at the decision and, and then go, what would the vision do? Not what would I do? Like what is the right decision in line with who we're trying to be? Um, and that fundamentally came down to the, I mean, and why we're in video is I fundamentally believe that video has the power to change the world because who we are as a species, as people, got here from the stories that we tell ourselves over time so throughout all of history we've been storytelling and just like me eating meat for a majority of my life that was stories that i told myself my entire life saying that this is okay so 
by right, if we actually change the stories we're telling and start to telling, tell more positive stories, we can actually use those stories to influence the beliefs and actions of people in the future. So that's fundamentally what the vision came down to, is using video as a tool for good in terms of positive social impact mm-hmm. and actual positive influence. And then everything else stemmed from that. And then we said, well, from, from values, what does that mean to us? How do we need to act as an organization to align with that? And then how does that take shape? Um, and everything, it kind of, it was like working down the pyramid and then would kind of broaden and broaden and broaden the deeper we went into the business. Um, so I think that actually really helped. Um, and it was very important because the issue we had in the early stages when we had the ambiguity in our brand was because our vision wasn't clear enough because we hadn't made that decision to go, let's carve this in stone. Yeah. And I think a lot of us hit that track. You know what I mean? We find that maybe we didn't define things as well. And that's how sometimes we do get clients, you know, that we'll struggle with, or we start taking on projects that are outside of our core competency and so forth. So walk me through the type of animation you do. Because when I think about animation, it's so visual. When I think about video these days, you know, video has taken on a different sense because so so many of us almost feel like we're filmmakers with our cell phones in our pockets that I'd love to get a sense of the type of animation you do and how do you use animation to get impact? You know, what, what are you putting into the design, the creation or the process that links to those that impact concept, not just the idea that, you know, seeing my kitten chase around a string on the on the ground <laughs> is, is entertaining, but it may not get that impact yeah. that you're looking for. So that's a broad question. So going back to the first question. So in terms of the animation, uh, we broadly categorize it as motion design and 2D. Okay. Um, so 2D animation is what you might typically see in a lot of advertisements, explainer videos. It's where you'll have characters engaging on screen, potentially talking. Motion design is more design-oriented as opposed to narrative-oriented is probably an easy way of summarizing it. We do actually some 3D work, but we haven't in a while. The one element of animation we don't do is stop motion, um, and that's purely because... Stop motion is, it's a very long process, but can be one of the more wasteful forms of animation because there's a lot of, it combines kind of like, I don't want to say the worst of both mediums in that it requires a lot of physical materials and assets that you then need to create. And then what do you do with them? You have to build sets. But then it also requires cameras and lighting. So it's kind of taking the bad side of video and combining that with the bad side of animation. So that's not something we do. Typically, how that's applied is to traditionally your, I'm going to use the term explainer videos, but that's very, very broad. So that can be, it can be sales tools, it can be educational content, it can be paid advertising all the way through to e-learning and that sort of thing. Um, Years ago, we created an animation that actually went into uh, schools as part of a package to educate children on the concept of normalizing what destigmatizing disability and it was a cute little animation and there was like a package around that um so it's very very broad um because we'll also work with nonprofits that might have more meaningful e- engaging videos in terms of what is their story um and who are they and trying to keep create empathy 
on the other end, you might have a vegan product brand that they're looking to create content for social media in terms of paid advertising. Mm-hmm. So that's more to directly impact revenue and sales. Okay. And when should a business, especially anyone who's maybe listening today that has a vegan business, when should they reach out to you? Like when is the right time to incorporate kind of animation into their marketing mix? So I'd say the mistake I often see a lot of people making when they invest in animation is they do it a little bit too early in terms of their messaging. So when we talked earlier about clarity of audience and who you are and what you're selling, a lot of businesses can almost jump the gun without really having refined their message. So typically we say when a founder has scaled beyond themselves in terms of marketing, typically is when they will reach out um, because they have somebody else taking care of the marketing, which means they then see marketing as an investment. And that's the big thing that we preach to people is like video is an investment, but you have to do it smartly. So if you don't know what problem it is you are actually trying to solve, you might need to take a step back and reevaluate if a video is the right answer. Uh, Because I think a lot of people know, because everyone's going, you need to go get a video, you need to go get this and you need to do this. A lot of people kind of get FOMO and then they kind of go, right, my business needs a video. But if they don't know, really clear what it is they're selling or who they or who it is that they're actually talking to they need to address that first otherwise they're trying to scale a broken message if that makes sense no that definitely makes sense because i've seen it before i've even made that mistake before where you know you think you kind of have it so you say oh let me just try it and not only because it's an investment to go into video i haven't done animation but i've done video and had a client who did some animation for a new brand that we were launching. And that was one of the things where we were like, are we scaling something Uh too soon? Are we not really at scaling mode? We're really a more proof of concept mode. And therefore we should be using a a different marketing tool. Uh, Absolutely. And it's the, the videos that we, typically someone will come to us and go, we want a video and they'll have an idea of what it is they're looking for. And then we kind of mm-hmm. marry that to the actual issue and kind of see that there might be, it's kind of go, going, is there an incongruency here? Are you tr- are you creating something, but it's not going to fix a problem that you actually have? So kind of helping people through that and at the very least pointing them in the right direction because we also sincerely want to be able to help people. So we don't just want to sell a video to someone that then sits on an about page that no one ever views because there wasn't a strategy, yes. there wasn't a way of getting it out there. So it's something we've started doing more of recently as we're moving to more packages. So people are investing in more than one video or they might have a social campaign planned around it. It's bringing that strategy into the process and going, this is how you should use this video or could use it. And this is suitable for this and other ways that you can apply and get leverage out of the content that they've already created. Perfect. Now, what about service-based businesses? I know a lot of times we think about vegan businesses, we think yeah. about products. You know, we think about, you know, alternative meats. We think about things like shoes and purses and bags and all those things. We we naturally see the visual element of it. But a lot of people who follow us and we work with have service based businesses and they often are trying to take that intangible and make it concrete. Do you have any thoughts or any ideas on how service based businesses could use animation to help them grow and scale? So it's a oh, really high answer with some, it depends. Um, <laughs> but it's <laughs> an element of it is it really does. Um, it, it depends 
where they are in their journey. So when we're talking to clients or prospects around why they want video or what it is they're hoping to achieve, we often refer to the sales funnel because there's the age-old question mm-hmm. of how long should the video be? And it varies greatly depending on who the audience is and the context in which they're in. So for example, if your audience is an employee because you're creating training content, you can actually make really long content. You're paying them to watch it. So you can go make a 10, 15-minute video because they have to sit there and watch it. It's You don't have to factor in multiple short clips. I wouldn't still recommend going and making 15-minute videos. But on the other end of the spectrum, if you're... If awareness is a major issue and not enough people know that you exist, you really want to be focusing on smaller Mm -hmm. content because A, you don't want to invest in the long content because the message hasn't been validated yet. But also, if someone hasn't heard of you, they're not just going to scroll and be like, oh, yes, let's watch this three-minute video on a brand I've never heard of. So you're just focusing on attention. It's what can I do to grab their attention for seven seconds? So this is when you're really thinking micro and you want to be going, 10, 15, 20 seconds. It could be a snippet of what it is you do. It could just be an engaging graphic. Even you'll see them a lot of just like where, I know it's going back to products, but simple like graphics that just move to pull attention because you want to test if you can get that Mm -hmm. awareness. So shorter content is better earlier down the funnel. But typically with service businesses, it's always going to be one of two things. It's going to be, does it save them time or is it going to make them more money? Time saving fundamentally comes down to education. So you educating employees or are you educating your audience? So we worked with an organization a while ago and what they had was they were getting phone calls every single day. How do we do this? How do we do this? How do we do this? So what they did was they just created this 60 second video that demoed how the product worked. And then whenever they shipped out the product, Mm. they'd all have this little QR code that they could scan. And doing that isn't going to make them any more money. But it's also going to save them dozens, if not hundreds of hours just from not having to answer the phone or respond to emails and just having that automation set up. Whereas sales and increasing the bottom line typically is uh, outreach and normally articulating the classic, like not only what it is you do, but why it is what you do. Because people will typically go, oh, there's a video, I'll watch that. But it's we've all had emails where you open it and it's just a, an essay of text and you're like and delete because you have no idea who it is they're clearly trying to sell you something so you kind of don't pay attention so typically it kind of falls into one of those and there is there is many others but that accounts really for the vast majority no i think that's great because a lot of people are struggling with how do i become known how do i become the either new alternative for existing brand or someone else is getting their advice from another service provider And also, how do I make sure people understand I'm different? Even circling back to your original point where we were talking about the ethics side or really understanding your vision, people really struggle with making sure that people can see that vision so they're not just seen as another cooking instructor or another author, you know, or another coach. You know, it's very easy to kind of fall into those categories and being able to use video to help distinguish, I think, can be pretty, pretty amazing. Absolutely. So as we're wrapping up our time, it's like time has flown and it's been so great having a chance to talk to you and learn a little bit from you and also hear about your journey. I'd love to maybe lead with um, Mm. some advice, especially for anyone out there who's building their business, for anyone out there who's in need of a pivot in their business. 
Do you have any recommendation on where they should focus or do you have something recently that you went through that you'd like to share that might enlighten people if they're on a kind of pivot or transitional phase in their business? Where to begin? So the one thing I would always (laughs) say, and this comes back to the pivot and having learned from it before, if you're building a business that isn't in line with your own values, at a certain point, you're going to fall out of love with it because it's like it's you're, you're creating Frankenstein's monster because at a certain point, there's going to be a misalignment down the line where something is going to be start to scale that you don't necessarily love anymore because it doesn't represent who you are as a person. Um, so making sure that if it's an owner-managed business, whether it's service, whether it's product, that you have to be passionate about your mission so if that means making tough decisions about who it is you work with, it's better for you in the long term to make that decision and build a business that's authentically aligned with you rather than taking shortcuts to potentially, in your mind, grow faster by working with people you don't want to work with, but then kind of having to then make tougher decisions down the line. And as opposed to advice, the biggest thing I could say when communicating your message, focus on uh, transformation. It's... People don't buy what it is you sell. They buy the outcome that they believe you will give them. So as I said earlier, no one wakes up and goes, I really want a new website. They want what they believe a new website is going to get them. So when you're communicating to your audience, what is the outcome that they actually want? So think about the problems that they're facing and what it is they want to achieve. And then focus on telling the story in line with the journey that they want to experience. And you'll find a lot more traction in terms of who you're trying to engage with. Perfect. I think that is amazing. We had someone even jump in. Vax Vigana said such good advice. Um, So just echoing that, I want to put it on the screen. Thanks so much for joining us. But I think it's so important, like you said, to focus, to make good decisions And at the end of the day, to really understand the type of business that you are building, like you're the creator as the founder. In many of these cases, there's such an opportunity for us to shape something amazing. So, you know, inspiring people to go go through that journey and go through the process to truly make it amazing, I think is wonderful advice. And I really appreciate you spending some time with me, spending some time with our community, spending some time with the people that follow us and always look for great advice. And I just appreciate not only you sharing your story, but also ending with, you know, with the advice you provided. But one thing I want to do before we wrap up is I want to make sure people can get in touch with you, whether they need animation support, whether they're planning to head down that road or they want to recommend you to someone else. Could you maybe give out website, social media, all the ways that people can get in touch with you? uh Website, probably one of the easiest places to find us, and that's just motionmanner.co.uk. And if people want to outreach to me directly, I'm, I'm more than happy to jump on a call and offer wisdom in terms of is video the right fit and kind of have that conversation about um, whether it will or won't work for them and kind of help through that messaging and transformation. And people can just email me directly, and that's just anthony at motionmanner.co.uk. Perfect. Thank you so much. Gloria stopped by and said hello. Just want to say hi to Gloria. Also want to say thanks. Um, appreciate it, Vox Vigana. And I also just want to take the time to thank everyone who has joined us live, anyone who is watching this as a replay. 
We love, love, love your comments. We love your thumbs up. We love your engagement. So feel free to post it, even if you didn't watch this live. And anyone who is enjoying this as a podcast, we're glad you took the time to listen. We're so glad that you took the time to hear from our guests today. I think it's really fun to not only hear other kind of vegan stories in this professional space, but also see the diversity and the types of careers and opportunities, as well as, you know, I love video and just me hearing everything you're saying today. And it's got me all excited on like, oh, what could we do? And how could we <laughs> use, you know, animation um, in our future? So I'm inspired. I'm hoping that our listeners are inspired as well. And, and I just want to say thank you. Thank you once again for joining me today and sharing your journey, sharing your story and inspiring our audience. No, thank you very much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Great. All right. So thank you, everyone. We're going to wrap up today's interview and I'll see you on the next. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks for listening to Pivot our vegan business interview podcast. This is recorded as a live streaming session. So I hope you'll join us for future interviews as well. We offer these interviews to help vegan entrepreneurs stay connected with the vegan business community. If you're interested in more in-depth insights or training, please consider subscribing to one of our premium podcasts, Going Solo or Fix It. Visit veganmainstream.com to learn more or click on the links in the show notes.